0: welcome to learn buddhism i'm alan pito what is karma you've likely heard people say, that was good karma or you have good karma or even whoa that's bad karma but what is karma exactly in the buddhist context well as i just mentioned you've heard in our secular society karma being used in all different types of ways i've even heard it being used in different religions but the buddhist context of karma is central to the Buddhist religion, because it's something we actually want to end. And I'm gonna to get to that in a second. So the Buddhist focus on karma is about stopping or reducing the amount of unwholesome karma we generate. And I'll talk about that in a second. Because it prevents us from reaching enlightenment, the goal of a Buddhist. And because we are creating unwholesome karma. We are trapped in this cycle of birth and death called samsara. Generating more wholesome karma, however, because it's skillful and it helps us progress on the path towards enlightenment, is something we want to do because this wholesome karma is leading us on the Buddhist path that helps us escape, and the cycle of birth and death. Now, wholesome karma is important for creating the conditions for liberation, But wholesome karma by itself is not sufficient alone. What we want to actually do is stop creating any type of karma that keeps us bound to the cycle of birth and death because that's what we want to end. Now enlightened beings like the Buddha, his enlightened followers, bodhisattvas, other Buddhas, they generate karma without outflows and so rebirth ends for them. Outflows is the key portion of karma for us as Buddhists. Wholesome and unwholesome karma both have outflows, basically fetters. They are basically chaining us, linking us to the cycle of birth and death. What an enlightened being does, they can truly see fundamentally how our world works, existence works, how things how they interact with things. And so because of that, They do have karma, but it's karma without outflows, meaning they are generating karma, but it's not the type of karma that keeps them bound in the cycle of rebirth because they know what's happening. They know how they're interacting with things and they know how to respond and essentially deal with it. But us, you and me right now, we don't. No matter how far along you probably are in the Buddhist path, maybe a little bit more than and others you might be able to reduce this but because we don't truly fundamentally understand things and because we are interacting in very unskillful ways our karma is binding us to the cycle of birth and death so we make this karma in three different ways through your actions your thoughts and your words you can almost think about it as almost like mind and body. So these are your intentional, volitional actions. This is the type of karma that we're trying to stop. And essentially, in the meantime, before we become enlightened beings, we want to transform it into wholesome karma and not this unskillful, unwholesome karma. So let's talk about what wholesome and unwholesome actually means in the Buddhist context wholesome karma let's start there this is karmic actions that are based upon generosity compassion kindness sympathy mindfulness and wisdom that's the type of karma we want to generate the karmic actions we want to generate because that is essentially shaping us is our conduct our morality so that we can get down the path that the buddha has laid out to us and throughout all the different buddhist traditions so that we can become awakened to the truth the dharma that he taught so we can become enlightened we can blow out the three fires of greed anger and delusion and realize our true natural peaceful state of nirvana which is absent of the three fires and when we're there we're able to interact with things understand things so As I mentioned earlier, we have karma without outflows. That is the karma of enlightened beings. But right now, most of the time, what we're doing is unskillful actions. They are unwholesome because they're based upon the three poisons or three fires of greed, hatred, and ignorance, which results in delusion. And because of that, we are clinging and craving to things and that is what's creating the karma. Because we've, we don't understand things like impermanence in Buddhism, we don't understand the true nature of ourself and how we interact with things, and because of this ignorance, we are seeing things in a very delusional way, which results in us creating karmic actions of our actions, thoughts, and words that are not skillful, they're unwholesome. So when we are in turn doing wholesome karmic actions, that's what the Buddha wants us to do, that's what he taught us, because that, when we're actually doing it fully, that's what it, a wholesome actions that an enlightened being will do. For example, you look at the Buddha, the so life followers, bodhisattvas, et cetera, Yes, you see generosity, compassion, kindness, sympathy, mindfulness, and wisdom, don't you, when it comes to them? That's what we want to do. But because we're not awakened, because we're not enlightened, we're trying to do these wholesome karmic actions based upon Buddhist practice. For example, when we are going to temple, listening to a dharma session, and participating, we're generating wholesome karmic actions then because... Words are coming out of our mouth, are coming from the sutras, the scriptures. And so it is clean, it is wholesome in the Buddhist context. When we are listening to things and interacting with other people, perhaps at a temple in our lives that are based upon the five precepts, wholesome. So that's what we want to do because it's helping develop us, train us, and shape us so that we can become more attuned and more ready to understand the truth and become enlightened beings. And so it's a gradual process. It's almost sort of like polishing a jagged rock. You know, that jagged rock is really all that unwholesome karma that exists that we have to kind of shape down. Whereas unwholesome karma, this is where we're just not aware of how impermanence works or we believe we have a permanent Unchanging, independent self, which the Buddha says does not exist. And because of that, we do all these karmic actions to kind of reinforce that belief. So, as a result of these karmic actions, we're going to have different types of results. There's negative karma. And as I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, you heard me say, oh, Bad karma or good karma right we don't look at it that way in Buddhism we look at it is it going to be a a, sort of like a a wholesome or unwholesome or negative or positive as it relates to us becoming awakened enlightened blowing out the three fires realizing Nevada that's what we're looking at it as because when we say good or bad we're usually kind of putting our, our judgments and our feelings and our beliefs when it comes to those particular words in the Buddhist context, we're looking at it, well, is this in line with what the Buddha taught? You can even think about it as maybe the six perfections or the eightfold path. Is it positive or negative as it relates to that? And so negative karma is where our actions only produce negative karma, karmic effects. And we can think about it, and I mentioned there's actions, thoughts, and words, right? Maybe your words are hurtful or harmful, uh, mean, and so you're impacting somebody else, right? So because of that, that is going to be negative karma because it's not only hurting, impacting somebody else, it's impacting you as well. When we look at the karma that we're doing, we are either trying to shape our mind, tame our our mind, excuse me, train our mind where it is going to be aligned with the Buddhist path, right? Where we're trying to get rid of those three fires, but if you are constantly doing negative karma, you're just reinforcing your mind believing, well, this is right, it's good, and it's not. That's That's ignorance, that's delusional. Positive karma, these are actions that only produce positive karmic effects. If you are kind to somebody, show charity, have, and I'll go back to my words example, you say words of compassion, um, just something kind to somebody, that's going to affect the other person in a very positive way, right? But it's also reinforcing the path that you're on, the practice that you're on. Because now the three fires aren't getting that fuel that they need. You're essentially counteracting it with your positive karma, the wholesome karmic actions that you're doing. We also have both negative and positive karma. So these are actions that produce some negative and some positive karmic effects. So maybe, let's continue on this word example, or words example, where maybe you say something which is not necessarily negative, not necessarily positive, it's kind of like in the middle, almost like great, right? Where somebody could take it either way. Well, maybe you're not necessarily harming somebody, or Rein, uh, help, you know, making them feel better or reinforcing, show some kindness. And so that person is maybe a little confused by that. So you're not necessarily doing anything that's neither negative or positive. So it's kind of canceling it out in one way, but it's also existing in two separate ways. Because you may not be aware of what you're doing, but as you are practicing Buddhism more, understanding the scriptures and, and the path and the teachings, you're like, that wasn't the right type of karmic actions I should have done. But right now, we don't. Maybe we have a selfish reason that we said it in a particular way or did an action in a different way where we go, well, it didn't really hurt them, you know, but it didn't really make them feel good either or help them. Well, that's not what we want to do because it's not really doing anything beneficial. And that kind of goes into the other one where there's neither negative nor positive karma. Now, this is what we want to do. This is known as karma without outflows. This is the karma of enlightened beings, such as the Buddha or his enlightened followers. So when we had negative karma, positive karma, or both negative and positive karma, maybe there's like a mixture inside there, or maybe said something kind of mean, but then kind of said something kind of nice, maybe. Well, you're still generating karma. That's still existing, where you're generating neither negative nor positive karma, this is karma without outflows. And it sounds kind of unusual. You're like, well, shouldn't the Buddha, for example, be generating positive karma? Well, he's generating karma, but it's not ones that are bound by the belief in a permanent, unchanging, independent self, or where we have a belief in this idea that things are permanent and they're never changing. And to different nuanced, ways we we believe that, and that's what we're trying to essentially break down and end in Buddhism, is that belief in a permanent, unchanging, independent self and that of other phenomena, and that's very challenging to do. So an enlightened being fully understands that. It's almost like you have that dirty window that's now clean, and you can see out of it. They're generating karma, and we can go back to that wholesome karma example, it's generosity, compassion, kindness, sympathy, mindfulness, wisdom right they're doing that but they're not doing it in ways that they feel will benefit them so let's go back again positive karma and wholesome karmic actions let's talk about that often why we're doing that is to benefit ourselves because we want to maybe become enlightened maybe we want to have people think good things about us and so because of that it's still kind of chained to the cycle of rebirth where we're doing it for a positive benefit, we believe for ourselves. Yes, when we go to temple and when we're practicing Buddhism, we're obviously doing it because we want to be good Buddhists. We want to progress on that path. But there's a portion of us, even if it's subconscious, where we're doing it because we want to do it for ourselves. Now, when we look at a enlightened being, that's gone. They're not doing it for themselves anymore if we want to think of that example, they're doing it for other sentient beings. So the actions that the Buddha taught, uh, took, and Bodhisattvas and other Buddhas is not for them, it's for other sentient beings. That's a big thing. And that's what essentially breaks that shackles that's keeping us in a cycle of rebirth because they're not doing it in a way that's fueling the three fires or even letting them smolder. You know, just like a coals that you know, the fire's out, but it's still kind of there, it, it's gone. Then we also have neutral karma. So, this is where maybe you committed a transgression that was neither intentional or volitional. All right, you're out in the world walking and you step on an ant. Well, you didn't mean to step on that ant in, in an intentional and volitional way, you just maybe you weren't mindful, they're small, you can't see them, and you step out. So you maybe broke a precept, such as not killing. But this is neutral karma. And the reason is, is because, yes, that is a transgression. Yes, that is, you obviously killed a a sentient being, which is an ant. But it wasn't intentional. It wasn't volitional. You do not have the mind, mindset of, I'm going to kill an ant. You just did. You know, so do we, in Buddhism, repent for things like that? Of course. That we, we want to be aware of our actions. We want to constantly shape our mind. And that's why you see Buddhists go to temple. They're repenting. And it's so they're bringing up these transgressions so they're aware of it, giving it to the Buddha or Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, you know, to help them in that way. But it's really so that they're aware of it and they, they let it out. So that neutral karma, maybe we said something, and, you know, it wasn't in a way where it was intentional or volitional. But yes, it could have generated some, maybe in this example I gave earlier, some you know negative karma in that way, but when we're talking about it in this neutral karma way, it wasn't something that you did that was, again, intentional or volitional. So we have to think about it in the context of all these karmic actions. What is it doing to your progress on the path? So that neutral karma, obviously, we didn't want to kill something, right? We didn't want to kill that ant, but we did. But it wasn't in an un- uh, unwholesome, negative way. It was neutral. So even though we killed that ant, that, that, that being died, right? Uh, or you said something, or whatever the case might be in, in the neutral context. But when we look at the negative or positive, for example, they exist. Right now, we are shaped by past karma. So, in the cycle of rebirth, we are just the latest temporary incarnation of this existence, right? So, I am not the same existence as it was before, and before, and before, and before, but I'm shaped in this current existence by all that past karma, either the trace impressions of it, it's basically the stream of consciousness, trace impressions of it, or the future potential of them. So this can get a lot of people very challenged. They're like, well, wait, I have this lot in life, or I look this way, or this happened to me because of past karma. And yes, you know, in, in the Buddhist context, that's what it is. It's a past karma, we can't do anything about that. We can't do anything about maybe this unwholesome karma, maybe this negative karma that existed in the past. Can't do that. Is it gonna affect us? Yes. Uh, but maybe you have this karma. It's like seeds. Maybe it hasn't came to fruition yet. Some have, some haven't. So what we're looking to do as Buddhists is to work on that wholesome karmic actions. Because again, you know, we can't really do anything about the past karmic actions that we've been given. It's almost like somebody handed you a baton in a relay race. That's now yours, right? So you have it. But what you can do is your actions in this current existence. And the example that I, I love, that I heard about and I love giving, if you see or have a glass of water and it's just filled with salt, well, the salt you can just relate to negative karma. You're not gonna be able to drink that. That's gonna be really too salty to drink. But if you were to dump that water, that glass of water into a bigger glass, and fill that up with clean, fresh water, you're slowly starting to dilute that salt, that negative karma, because you're putting in wholesome karma. So the negative karma doesn't go away, but you can start working on wholesome karma, and this can also benefit future existences. Right now, maybe you are listening to this podcast and learning about Buddhism, because of some positive karma, some wholesome karma, karmic actions that were aligned with the Buddhist path very possibly. So what we're looking at are two different things here when it comes to karma. We are trying to essentially stop generating any type of unwholesome karmic actions which result in negative karma so that we can now generate wholesome karmic actions which are positive, which are leading us towards that path towards enlightenment. We're doing that all right now, but we're also focusing on the future. So, Venerable Thich Nhat Hanh, I I love where he said this, he said, you know, the only true possessions we have are our actions. He's talking about karma. So everything you think you have right now, even your beliefs, your ideas, your your hair, your home, car, whatever, these are all impermanent. But what you do have control over, what you do possess, what, what continues on, is karma. This is the powerful thing inside Buddhism, that we control that. By our actions, thoughts, and words. And we've seen that throughout Buddhist history, that that absolutely can be done. And so this is what we're trying to do. Now, as a layperson Buddhist, uh, like you and me, w- we are going to be caught up in the everyday life and everyday world that maybe a monastic may not be, where they're fully inside the Buddhist religion and can practice in different ways, we're gonna be experiencing a lot of different things, right? So it's very easy for us to slip up on our actions, thoughts, and words, these these karmic actions that can result from that. So that is why it's a constant practice, constant, 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 because the seeds that we're planting, they can come to fruition in our ex- lifetime, in a future lifetime, either immediately or maybe in the near future or distant future or different existences, We want to start controlling this, start working on this by creating wholesome karmic actions. Now, while we can't get rid of any of these unwholesome karmic actions or seeds, basically, that you've created in the past or that have inherited, essentially, from prior existences, we can focus on generating good merit, which is wholesome karma. So I've talked about in a prior episode that the practice of generating, cultivating merit is what majority of Buddhists do, because that's wholesome karma. What you're seeing in that merit generation is wholesome karma, which generates positive karma. That's what we want. We are essentially in a battle with this fire, the three fires of greed, anger, and ignorance, and the delusion that it causes us. And so we fight that fire by cultivating, generating merit, which is wholesome karma. And just like the example I gave where you're pouring more clean water in that glass full of salt, we can do that. We can blow out these three fires. But it takes effort, it takes time. But also don't worry thinking, well, if I can't be enlightened in this lifetime, just this gonna be a lot of work. Well, you are making progress. You're gonna see many Dharma friends at your temple, for example, or other Buddhists where you see their their conduct their actions are more aligned to the wholesome side and generate more positive karmic effects, right? So you can really shape this current life that you're in right now. Yes, it may not get you to enlightenment, but you can get very close and you can also benefit future existences with it. Do you have any questions about karma? I'd like to hear from you. You can respond to this podcast on Spotify or send me a message on my website alanpito.com. And I look forward to talking with you in our next episode. Thank you.